like a treasure hunt? Thank you for joining me for episode 68 of the Unique On Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And on today's sermon note edition of the Unique On Purpose podcast, I talk about having faith like Abraham. And it's like going out on a treasure hunt. You need two items. You need the map to get there. And you need the shovel to dig up the treasure. Good morning. I'm Rachel. I'm on the speaking team here at Bayview. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 4. We are continuing our series on the book of Romans. And I want to teach you a new word today. I challenge you to, next time you go to a party, to use it. You'll sound incredibly smart. But you'll often hear this word amongst preachers and teachers, maybe college theologian professors, and that is the word hermeneutics. Everybody say hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. So it's a fancy word that uh, those that study the Bible, it means to the way we interpret the Bible, the way we interpret Scripture. And it's important for us as believers, especially in the 21st century, to know how to interpret Scripture because the Bible was written a very long time ago. This is an old ancient manuscript. It was written at a time that there were different cultures, different customs that are totally different than what we are used to today in a different language than English, and they had different metaphors, idioms, slang. I mean, just think about the different slang from generations, right? I grew up in the 90s, yes, in the 1900s, and my slang is so much different than the slang that my children use. My son and I will be driving down the road. We'll see a 1978 Corvette, and I'll go, oh, Caleb, that's a sweet ride. And he'll go, yeah, Mom, that's so sick. That's sick. But that's just a difference of generation. Think about thousands of years. So it is so important that us as believers, as Christians, when we are looking at Scripture, that we study it, we learn how to interpret it. Hermeneutics. And in the New Testament, it is filled with letters, mostly from Paul, to specific churches. There were churches that would have issues. They would reach out to Paul for help, and Paul would write back with a letter, with his advice, with his instructions. And because they were for specific churches, we need to examine what the culture was like, what was happening behind the scenes so we know how to interpret it and apply it to our lives today. Hermeneutics. So let's do a recap. I know Pastor Chris at the beginning of this series kind of gave you the behind the scenes of what was happening in the Roman church, but we are about halfway through. It's good to have a recap. And Paul was a missionary church planter, but he did not plant the church in Rome. In fact, they had a Christian presence. And the emperor at the time, Emperor Claudius, he had expelled, he threw out the Jews from Rome for about five years. After that five years, the the Jews, the Messianic Jews, they came back to Rome, and they came back to a church that was incredibly different than how they left it, completely absent of their Jewish culture, their Jewish traditions, and so now you have a people group of Jews, and you have 
Gentiles that are formerly pagans, putting them together, trying to do church, and it was causing a rift. It was causing division. And Paul's hope, his goal, was to bring unity among that diversity, where you have two different groups of people who have different ideas about salvation and the forgiveness of sin. And part of that, what needed unity, was this idea of faith, believing in God for the unknown, that faith in God, believing in God for the unknown, believing in God for his promises was not just for the Jews, but it was for the Gentiles as well. And that is where we pick up in Romans chapter four. But before I, before I read that, Hebrews says this definition of faith. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So trusting in God, that what he says, that his promises will come to pass. So let's go ahead, start in Romans chapter 4, verse 1. Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. When people work, their wages are not a gift but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous not because of their work but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Go ahead and skip down to verse 9. Now, is this blessing only for the Jews or is it also for uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith, but how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised, or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Circumcision was a sign that Abraham had already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous, even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. Man, they use that word a lot. If that was normal conversation, it would be getting very uncomfortable. They are counted as righteous because of their faith, and Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised. But only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on the right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary and the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. And the only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. Then Paul goes into all the areas that, God, or that Abraham believed in God, where Abraham had faith. Did anybody else get lost as I was reading that? Okay, some of you are lying, that's fine. But there is so much packed into that 
one chapter, and I just read a short portion of that. If we can be honest, we could take the chapter of Romans 4, we could probably create a whole mini-series out of it because there is so much going on. But if we could sum up all of chapter 4 in one sentence, it would be this. Live a life of faith like Abraham. Live a life of faith like Abraham. Whether you are a Gentile, whether you are a Jew, you are called to live a life of faith like Abraham. And, and I'm reading this, and I'm going, really, Paul? Abraham? Like he couldn't have picked someone cool like Daniel? Or Nehemiah? Or Elijah? Elisha? You know, those strong men of faith? But when you go back to the beginning in Genesis, and you start reading the account of Abraham, you're sitting there going, okay, God, or excuse me, okay, Paul, I get what you're saying here. Because Abraham was trying to live his best life for God before everything, before Jesus, before the law of Moses, before the Ten Commandments, we here in the 21st century, if we feel that God is speaking to us and he is asking us to step out in faith, we have this book of promises that we can go back to and we can say, okay, God, did you really say that? Does that align with what it says in scripture? Abraham did not have that. Abraham had to pray and hear from God and trust that was what God was saying and go for it. And that is the pattern that you see with Abraham. God spoke. Abraham obeyed. God spoke. Abraham obeyed. God said, hey, Abraham, I want you to go into a land that I will show you. You have no clue where you're going, but I'll show you how to get there, and I will create a great nation from you. So what did Abraham do? He had no clue where he was going, but he got up and he went. God said, Abraham, I I'm going to create a great nation out of you. I'm going to give you a promised son. And at the age of 100, and his wife Sarah at the age of 90, they gave birth to the promised son Isaac. God said, Abraham, I want you to take that son Isaac, the one who you love, and go up to the mountain and create a sacrifice. And Abraham, knowing that God would supply a supplement, took his son up there in faith, knowing that there would be something to sacrifice, and there was a ram. God spoke. Abraham obeyed. Live a life of faith like Abraham. So now let's go back to Romans. You have Jews that have tradition, they have culture, and you have Gentiles who are formerly pagans, and you put them together to create church. And Paul is trying to create unity out of diversity. They had different ideas of salvation, forgiveness of sin, and faith. And I believe here and today in the 21st century, we also have an I different ideas of how we are to live out our faith in God. But imagine this with me. Imagine faith being like going on a treasure hunt. If you're going on a treasure hunt, you need two things. You need a what? Map, what do you need a map for? To guide you to know where you're going. X marks the spot, right? Well, if you get to X marks the spot, what do you need next to get that treasure? 
You need a shovel, because how are you going to get that treasure? When it comes to our faith in God, we need a map. We need to trust God, trust his guidance, but then we also need to put the work into it, what he has asked us to do. When God speaks, we obey. When God spoke to Abraham, he put the hand to the plow, and he obeyed. But when it comes to faith, I find in the 21st century, being in ministry long enough, there are two types of faith people. Instead of putting the map and the shovel together, I find that there are map users and there are shovel users. Map users, they love the map. They love its guidance. They trust the map. These people, they have incredible prayer lives. However, they trust the map they believe the map, that's about as far as it goes. They're famous for saying things like, yes, have, have faith, trust God. But you know what? If your prayers weren't answered, you probably didn't have enough faith. Or if you're working too hard, it's probably because you don't have enough faith. And map users tend to have a reputation of using the map, going out at X marks the spot, but then expecting somebody else to come and dig up that treasure. But that's not how God works. Let me give you an example. I have a friend who is about retirement age, and I ran into her and her husband a few weeks ago, and I, I, I asked how work was going. They said it was going well, and, and I said, so are you planning on retiring anytime soon? And she looked at me and she said, we will never retire. We were pastors and missionaries during the 80s and the 90s, and the mantra of that day of people in ministry was, don't save for retirement because if you save, you don't have enough faith in God. He will supply all of your needs. And that is true. God will supply your needs. But she said, now, because we bought into that, we will never retire. Is God supplying for our needs? He is, absolutely. But we will work the rest of our lives because we didn't save for retirement, and we opted out of Social Security because we were told if we did any of those things, we didn't have enough faith. And God is clear in Scripture. He gives us a lot of promises that he will be our great provider, but he also gives us an abundance of Scriptures that says we are to be good stewards of our money, that we are to save not just for ourselves for a rainy day, but to help others when they are in trouble. The map and the shovel go together. We take what the map tells us, and then we apply it to our lives. But then we have the other extreme, what I like to call the shovel users. The shovel users, they have no problem doing the work. They will go out to West End Beach. If they know that treasure's out at West End Beach, they'll go out and they'll start digging holes. The problem is they, they leave the map at home. And if you go... To dig up treasure without an X marks the spot, what are you going to do? You're going to have a beach filled with holes. And eventually, the shovel, the shovel user, they'll fall into one of those holes, break something, wonder where God was. Well, it, you left the map at home. And it's very commendable that they want to do the work, but God wants to partner with us in the work. Shovel users are famous for saying things like, well, I can't afford it. 
I don't have time. Even though they know God is asking them to do something that will require them to maybe rearrange their schedule or rearrange their budget, they'll automatically say, no, I can't do that. The map and the shovel, when it comes to having faith in God and faith in the things that are unseen, need to go together. If we just rely on the map, we will become lazy and expect God to do everything for us. We don't expect that from our kids, right? We can't expect that, that God is just going to do everything. If you, we just are just shovel users, then when something good happens in our lives, we get the glory instead of God, then our ego inflates and we become prideful. We need to trust God, trust his guidance, trust his promises, but then also be willing to do the work to step out in faith. When God spoke, Abraham stepped out, did the work in faith. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that there are times when God does like to spoil us a little bit. And we are trusting him, we're trusting his guidance, and he'll just give it to us. I've been in those places where there was a check sent in the mail. I remember the day I got saved, I had an addiction, and that day of salvation, I was done with that addiction. I didn't have to pray through it. I didn't have to do steps to freedom, nothing. God set me free. I get it. There are those moments. But for the most part, God wants to partner with us in faith, using the map, using the shovel, living a life of faith, like Abraham. But how do we do that? Because it's a whole lot easier said than done, right? It's easy to say, hey, trust God. Hey, be willing to put in the work. But I think we have some practical tips that can help us keep using the map and the shovel together. First of all, practicing spiritual disciplines. I know we hear this all the time, but it's true. Practicing those spiritual disciplines of prayer and reading the Bible is so important because not only is the Bible filled with God's promises, but it is also filled with the ways that we can use the shovel to experience breakthrough. So if you are having financial difficulties, knowing that, yes, God is our provider, but all throughout the scriptures, he will show us how to have that financial breakthrough. Abraham didn't have the book of promises like we do. But when God spoke, he stepped out in faith. When he prayed, that was how he got his direction. Number two, living a life of thankfulness. We're in, we're in mid-October. As soon as November hits, everybody will be talking about what they're thankful for. But wow, what if as Christians, we practice that all year long? Being thankful for what God has done. When we sit back and reflect on God's goodness, we'll realize what he is actually doing in our lives. That will build our faith. I remember a time I was going through a really hard time with one of my sons. And I felt the Lord nudge and say, I just need you to write a list of everything that you are thankful for for this child. And I sat down and I began thanking God for all the unique ways he created my son and how he was created uniquely on purpose. 
And I looked at that list when I was done because I was so focused on the negative. I, I sat there reading that list going, okay, God, I thank you because you love my son more than I do, and I know things are going to be okay. And it built my faith knowing that God is in control of my son. Third, journaling. I'm terrible at this, okay? I'm not good at sitting down at night and recording my feelings about what happened in the day, but man, can I tell you, this is huge. Because we often forget about God's goodness. And I started journaling, I don't know, probably two or three years ago. And to go back at the beginning of that journaling, writing down where I was, and then flipping to now, to see where I'm at now, there are so many of God's great blessings and miracles that I had forgotten about. But because I journaled it, it was there, and it builds my faith, and it will build yours as well. Number four, when you put that map and the shovel together, that's when miracles start to happen, and we then need to give God the glory. At the appropriate time, at the appropriate audience, share the goodness that God has done. Share your testimony. Share the miracles that God is doing in your life, because not only will sharing build your faith, it will build the faith of people around you. Last one, number five. Do not take, this is so important, do not take matters into your own hands. God is going to speak to some of you. If he hasn't already, God is going to ask you to take some steps of faith, take steps into the unknown, and it is going to be incredibly uncomfortable. And when it is not happening the way you think it should happen, it is going to be so tempting to try and make that promise happen for yourself. And yes, we are to live a life of faith like Abraham, but even Abraham made mistakes. Because we see in Scripture that God promised Abraham a child, and through that child would come a great nation. But it wasn't happening quick enough. Abraham was old, and so was his wife. And Sarah, not having as much faith either, said, hey, Abraham, why don't you go sleep with my maidservant so we can have a child? Gentlemen, I should not have to say this, please. If your wife says, please sleep with this woman over here so we can have a baby, it's a trap, run. <laughs> run for the hills and do not look back. That is not of the Lord. God's promises, when they come to pass in your life, will not look like what you think they should look like, and they will not come in your timing. So when you are tempted to take matters into your own hands, remember, don't make the mistakes that Abraham made. Trust that God has got this. Trust in the map. Trust in the guidance. Live a life of faith like Abraham. I'll end with this story. Probably... Back in the early 2000s, my husband and I, we were married a couple years, and we now had a little baby. And we were living in this apartment that was not very safe. Does Traverse City have, Traverse City have a ghetto? 
Because I think that we were living there. Like, I think we were in the ghetto of Traverse City. We're living in this apartment that was incredibly unsafe. The police were there every night. We could smell the drugs coming through our vent. They were uh, domestic arguments happening across the hall. We knew we had to move. But we were just a couple poor kids. When I say kids, we were in our early, mid-20s. My husband was working in ministry. I was waiting tables. And I'm sitting here going, how are we supposed to afford a place that is safe, that is close to town, that we can raise our now little family? And I remember, like I said, I was, I was waiting tables, and I, there was a guy, he was a real estate agent, he would come into the restaurant all the time, and he gave me a stack of houses, so on paper are all of these houses for sale, how much they cost, what the mortgage payment would be, and I'm going through these papers and I'm going, nope, 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 we can't afford this. There's no way that's gonna be able to happen. I can't do this. Why was I saying that? Because I'm a shovel user. It's true. I grew up in a law enforcement military family. You work hard for everything you have and you don't trust in anybody else. So that was a struggle to trust the map. And I'm looking at these numbers, and I kid you not, I'm here in the middle of a wait station looking at a monthly mortgage payment in doubt, and I heard the Holy Spirit speak so clear, and he said, do you seriously think I can't do that? I just got chastised by the Holy Spirit. Because I didn't, because I'm a shovel user. I didn't trust that God could do that. But at that moment, my, start, my, my perspective started to change. I said, okay, God, I'll do my best, but you have to do the rest because this seems incredibly hopeless right now. But my husband and I started to pray, and we started stepping out in faith, reaching out to people that we knew in the banking industry, what taking out a mortgage would look like, all of these things. And a week later, a family member comes to me with a blueprint and says, hey, here's a house. It's not built yet. It's going into a brand new development close to town. And the price was exactly what we could afford. However, he said, you can get this house at this price but you're gonna to have to put the work into it. You'll have to put the flooring in, you have to put the roof on, you have to paint it, you have to get the cabinets and the countertops and the doors all in there. And six months later, we moved into that house. We still live in that house to this day. And because we put the map in the shovel together, it was as if God was saying, hey girl, I got you. I got you. We're going to make this happen. It's not going to look the way you think it's going to look. That's because I need you to put some work into it. I'll guide you to the home. But here's the shovel. God probably right now is asking you to step out in faith in a certain area and it's incredibly uncomfortable and I get that been there but he is asking that you would trust him 
that not only you would trust the map, but you would be willing to step out in faith, be willing to do the work that comes with those breakthroughs. If you could all stand. I have two calls today. If you could go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. First person I want to talk to, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. And you came here maybe for the first time, maybe you've been coming for a while. You say, I've never stepped out of faith to trust God ever. I have never made God the Lord of my life. But today I'd say, yeah, I would like, I would like to step out and become a Christian. If that's you, if you would like to become a Christian today, would you raise your hand? I just want to pray with you. I don't want to embarrass anyone. I just want to pray. Okay. Now the second person I'm talking to. I said that there were two extremes of people, the map users and the shovel users, but I do believe that there is another extreme. And that someone in this room has put the map and the shovel down altogether. I have no doubt that in this room, we believe that God can do the impossible. We see it all throughout scripture. Jesus lays his hands on people and they are healed. God created the universe and everything in it in six days. You know that God can do the impossible, but you struggle with believing that God can do the impossible for you. You'll believe it for somebody else, but not for yourself. And it's because of disappointment. Many of us in here have been disappointed. And the definition of disappointment is when expectations have not been met. And you had the map and you had the shovel and you expected great things from God and it did not go the way you had planned or the way you had hoped. And you said, I'm done with both. I'm still serving Jesus, but I'm done with that faith thing. And if that's you, I would like to pray for you. I would love to give you some super spiritual answer on why you need to pick that, that shovel and that map back up. I don't have one. All I know is that God is nudging you to trust him again. So if you are here and you would say, I am struggling to trust God to pick up the map or the shovel, will you just raise your hand? Now I'm going to ask you to do something bold. And that is, if you rose your hand, could you just come up front? Because I want, I want to pray for you. I don't want to embarrass you, but I think that is a step moving forward and saying, okay, Lord, I'll pick it up. Would you just come to the front? As Ryan plays, I just wanna I just wanna pray. Lord, I thank you for those that are up front today. I thank you that they're taking that step and saying, Yep, I, I need to trust God again. Father, I don't know what disappointments have taken place in their hearts and their lives, 
But God, I know that you are the God of healing and you want to bring healing to that. God, you have great plans for those up here, for those in this room. But in order for those great plans to flourish, we need to pick up that map and that shovel and move forward. And God, I pray that you would help them. God, you're not asking us to do this alone, but God, you're gonna partner with us. And for the rest of us in here, maybe we're a map user, maybe we're a shovel user. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us maybe where we're lacking in our faith where we need to look at your promises, where we need to work towards breakthrough. You would reveal that to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this week, as you're going throughout your week, ask yourself, where do I need to grow? Do I need to trust the map more? Do I need to dig out the shovel, what is it? And marry those together so you can move forward and see miracles start to happen. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to today's Sermon Notes edition of the Unique on Purpose podcast. Faith can be hard. It just can be. But if you take the map, our Bible, God, Take that shovel willing to put in the hard work. I guarantee you, your faith is going to begin to build. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify. So don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you right back here next week.